0: tip told com, the podcast about pop culture, black history and spirituality. Yeah it's about to be a great vibe. Dr. Tip Gonna take it away. Ti' told you. It's your girl, Tip. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell Tip Told You, the podcast where I share with you all my musings about Black history, Black culture, and Black spirituality. Uh, Listen, I am happy that you're here with me. I am going to do my very best not to make this a teachable moment. And I'll tell you why I'm working on not making this a teachable moment. Uh, Here are some things I just want to talk about today i want to talk about what i found out today i'm recording on monday you'll have this by tuesday i just found out that cornell west has announced his presidency uh his run for presidency here in the united states 2024 so i want to talk to you about that i want to talk to you about um being in a space but not becoming of it uh as part of uh, my ongoing series about mental health i know mental health awareness month is now over um, we're in Pride Month, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but I want us to continue thinking, continue to think about our health, our mental health, because I really believe, you know, this podcast and my life coaching is in part about uh, defining and achieving holistic success, and we can't have that success if we're unwell, physically, emotionally, spiritually, so on and so forth. So I want to talk about all those things. Uh, so let's just jump right in with Cornell okay listen (laughs) I don't even know where to start really um so I'm on I was on TikTok today you know just kind of I use TikTok to veg out and to escape sometimes which I'm sure a lot of us do um I want to talk about that a little bit later because and I'm going to write that down so I won't forget um because um it's important to have escapes, but it's also important to monitor how often we're escaping and what that escape might be doing to us as well. Uh, so I want to make sure we, we cover that. But I was TikToking today, right? And I came across the announcement video. So cornellwest24.com is his website. Um, go there, check out his policies, because I do believe in being informed um, and be aware of what's going on. Um, but you know, (laughs) let me, let me just get into it. Okay. So, you know, um, this particular election cycle, I think is one of the most important we've had in a very long time. Um, not that they're all not important, but this one in particular is extremely important because of the growing fascism that's happening in this country. And I think it's unfair for us to, um, Think about politics without that context of awareness that we lay over what's happening. Because any other conversation, My, it'll be interesting to hear how my, please ignore where the nails popped off if you're watching the video, um, which is on my Patreon account. If you're listening to the podcast and you wonder what video I'm talking about, it's on my Patreon account. If you just want to see my face while I'm recording. <laughs> um, so... It's interesting. My, my father turned 80 recently. We had a surprise birthday party for him and the family came down. And my uncle and my father have always been very much into politics. And they are like many older black folk who have CNN and MSNBC on constantly all day. Right. So it was one of those mornings. We're kind of watching the news. Everybody else is kind of ignoring what's going on, but they're really into it. And they start talking about um, the upcoming presidential election cycle. My cousin and i uh are younger i ain't that young but i we're younger uh but both of my father and my uncle are 80. and they're talking about biden's presidency and and um that we really need to all get behind biden so on and so forth and and both of us agreed that things are so tenuous right now that we have to be united in this election cycle um however We also talked about how important it is uh, and how disappointed we are in the Democratic Party that they did not choose a younger candidate to be prepping for this election cycle. I think Biden is uh, an old man. Uh, And that's not ageism necessarily that I'm speaking to. I'm speaking to um, what interests you and what concerns you at a certain age is different from what interests and concerns uh young folk and quite frankly it's time to pass the mantle as far as I'm concerned there are too many politicians that are divorced from um the heart of society because they're older and you know their their attentions are elsewhere so on and so forth. So we were having this debate and it was interesting because I they their whole thing is we cannot split the vote. We cannot split the vote. And if you have been listening to the podcast for any uh, period of time, you've heard me reference staying on code, right? And the code right now for black folk needs to be, we cannot afford a Republican or a too moderate Democrat to be in office right now. Um, and that's a, a nuanced conversation we can have on another podcast. I'm That, that I am just, matter of fact, I, I almost want to start over. Let, let's rewind. Let me pull that back. Because all that is not as important as, listen, don't split the vote. Just don't split the vote. That's really all <laughs> I got to say about the upcoming election cycle. It's too dangerous right now for us to be splitting the vote. And I want to give you some backstory on why I'm concerned about the timing of Cornell West's announcement for running for president. Now, for those of us old enough to remember uh, when Barack ran for presidency the first time, uh, Tavis Smiley and Cornell West, of course, were, you know, ultra black, uh, at least superficially supportive of Obama's candidacy, so on and so forth. Uh, he got caught up in the rapture like the rest of us did about having the idea of having a black president. Um, but as soon as Barack got into office, they became very super, I thought, super critical of his presidency. Now, I am not. I don't want you to confuse this, I am not an Obama fan. <laughs> I'm. I'm only super. I'm only a little bit of a Michelle fan. Uh, but you know, Barack Obama is a politician, and so he never floats my boat all the way. So I don't have a problem with Cornell West and Tavis Smiley critiquing his policies. Uh, I, I would expect that from someone who claims to love our people. I think that's important to do for any politician is to hold them accountable for uh, the, their treatment of and the the living context of my community, right? Um, the problem was that the inconsistency. So we, we saw them do this through uh, Obama's two terms. And then when Trump got elected, it was crickets. Like I haven't seen, have y'all seen Tavis and, and, and uh, Cornell have a, a live debate or anything like that, or be on all these talk shows that they used to be on, critiquing policies. I didn't see that when Trump was in office. I didn't see that from Cornell West. His rhetoric was almost um, missing in the critiques of growing fascism. In fact, I ain't heard him talk a whole lot about what's going on in Florida and Texas. Um, and I find that very interesting. So I want I want to to do a couple of things. I want to remind you of some things. Um, and then I want to tell you a story. So I remember, um, like I said, that they were very vocal about Obama's policies. Right, I don't have a problem with that. As I said earlier, I don't have a problem with that. Um, but it's interesting to me how that does not seem to be a condition of his current run. Now, let me just say, if you have not seen his announcement video, please watch it. I think it's important because it's telling. And I'm going to I'm going to ask you a question about what I saw in just a second. Uh, But let's just start here. Steve Bannon talked about during Trump's presidential run, he talked about a need to pull black male voters. All right. a need to pull black male voters. Now, black women pretty much ain't going nowhere. Black women consistently overwhelmingly vote in the interests of freedom. Right? That's our legacy. We don't change that. That's not up for debate. And none of these politicians seem to even want to to rumble with that beast, right? When black women decide that something is about freedom, they overwhelmingly vote in support of that thing. All right? And so Bannon, in his discussion of their uh, plan, didn't talk about pulling black women voters. What he talked about was a need to pull black male voters. Um, I think we saw that a little bit in the recent uh, gubernatorial election in Georgia, where you had Stacey Abrams um, running against Kemp, and overwhelmingly Black women voted in favor of Stacey Abrams, black men, the vast majority voted in favor of Stacey Abrams. But there was a game afoot for those of us who were paying attention. It was interesting to me that Killer Mike came on the scene, taking all these pictures with Kemp and having a very capitalist Conversation with Kemp, who had just given you know all this month the two thousand st- dollars stimulus to you know state employees and so on and so forth, a teacher bonus and all that. Uh, I found it interesting that he would use um, a killer Mike, who appeals to black men, a specifically a specific kind of black man, um, to discuss this. And when and when Killer Mike was confronted about why are you sitting down with Herschel? Walker he sat down with Herschel Walker and had an interview with him? You're taking pictures. Um, in the governor's um, office with Kemp, so on and so forth he he played the middle ground and he was like, I'm just here I'm con- you know I'm ta- I'm concerned about the community and I want to hear what these people have to say and so on and so forth but but many of us understood that as him lending legitimacy to candidates that should not have any in our communities right um so I am always nervous about. Black men who are missing between election cycles in political conversations, all of a sudden show up in political conversations closer to elections. Uh, Like Ice Cube is coming back out and and having political conversations again like he did during Trump's presidency, right? Remember the agenda with Black America and all that foolishness. Um, We haven't seen him talk about politics. You've been concentrating on the big three. And congratulations because that, that is now considered a Black-owned professional sports, uh, what, what are they call it, uh, professional sports league in the United States. It's now been official. Like We know y'all been playing, but now they recognize it, right? So congratulations to O'Shea Jackson for that. But I, I'm mad at Brother O'Shea because once again, he's talking this conversation about Black people um, not voting with the Democratic Party. Now, I want to be clear in in what I'm saying to you because I feel like I'm not being completely clear. I want to be clear um, in saying that I think it's important for us to pay attention to policies over party. But I think it's naive not to understand party politics in the conversations. Right. Better or worse, we have two two party. We have a two party system. Better for worse. Most of the negative policies that negatively impact our people, our people's economic stability, freedom, um, housing security, so on and so forth. Uh, those are those are policies that are, are created and supported by the Republicans, the ones that are most dangerous to our communities. And I think it's unfair to act like we don't know that. And so I think it's unfair uh, and disingenuous when people say that me arguing that you should stay on code this election cycle is me suggesting that we should not hold the Democratic Party accountable. I think we should. And I'm going to talk about what that looks like in just a second. But I don't think we should be naive voters either. All right. I think it would be naive to endorse Cornell West as a candidate. I think it would be naive for us to even give him The legitimacy of our attention all right um so again steve bannon and others have talked about um their need to pull black male voters attentions away from the democratic party i think that's telling um i remember one time my mentor emile mushuja we were having a conversation about whether or not there was a a, a illuminati or some all-powerful white group controlling the powers that be and things like that. And I remember him telling me, don't be distracted by whether or not you can prove that there's some cabal in charge of everything. What you need to be concerned about is if its impact is affecting you, how to stop the impact, right? I'm not arguing about whether or not, um, Cornel West is in the pockets of a Steve Bannon, for example. I'm, I'm not, I don't even know that I believe that I'm gonna tell you a story that may may suggest something similar, but but whether or not he's in their pocket, what's the impact? And the impact is that it is dangerous, and it benefits um, Trump's campaign, DeSantis's campaign for him to be running under the People's Party right now. It is very dangerous. Um, I, I want to remind you that ki- that Trump had Killer Mike and um, Kanye, and Trump were partnered. O'Shea Jackson was in there with with Trump. I am worried that they see now that the hip-hop vote is not quite what they thought it would be. I think they underestimated hip-hop heads. Many of us are, 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 are old folk now, right? We, get, we got the gray hair, uh, things like that. And, and we're a little bit more astute than they gave us credit for. We've always been more astute than they gave us credit for. And so the hip-hop generation is not easily duped. So you can pull people from our generation and put them in front of us, but we are going to question them the same way. Hip hop by its nature is uh, disruptive discourse, It's destru- deconstructionist, deconstructionism, right? It teaches us to analyze, it teaches us to think, it teaches us to ask the right questions. Remember why by Jada Kiss? Like that's what our generation was molded by. Uh, I also think that's why hip hop has changed structurally in terms of what they feed to us in mass media. But that's another conversation for another day. But but they chose these hip hop icons, if you will, to put in front of us uh, to attempt to do what I think they're attempting to do with Cornell West, which is to put someone in front of us that is supposedly for the people and for the culture and use them as a tool to take some of us off code. All right. Um, Now, I really want you to pay attention. Like I said, ask yourself the question of why now. Cornell West is not a young man; he's been up in the activism circles. I, I'm using activism. I should have done my air quotes because he be he be in the mix, but he will be in the mix. Or maybe just I'm just not aware of how he's in the mix. Like I know him as a scholar and an author, but I uh, yeah y'all think about that now when you when you're thinking about people who have the community's best interests at heart i want I want you to think about does he perform activism or is he an activist? Let me tell you a story so um some of you know some of you heard me talk about how uh i when I was a college dropout, the only school that would take me in. Um, and let me go back to school was Fort Valley State University. And and they were, they had a wonderful speaker series, the John W. Davidson speaker series. And uh, Kofi Lomote was my university president back then. And they brought Cornell West to campus. And Cornell is a brilliant man. I don't think any any of us can argue that he's not a brilliant man. Um, and he is a wordsmith. I don't think any of us can argue against that point. So Cornell West sits in there and he does this, you know, this presentation that I'm sure is bucketed and canned. I'll come back to that in just a moment. Um, and questions and answers come up. And I remember a student asked him, you know, if you're so pr- basic, I'm paraphrasing, right? If you're so black, why you don't teach at a PW? I mean, at a HBCU, why you at a PWI? If you're so black, I mean, and with condescending. Like he he was so condescending when he answered. Like it, it I was I was in undergrad, but it icked me out. Right, it was just a who the hell he think he, right? So he he told us because quite frankly, you can't give me what they can give me. Um, and he talked about how much money he made. He talked about how he didn't have to be on campus to teach classes. Uh, he could travel and do these speaking engagements. And HBCUs could not afford to pay him and allow him to do these things. And I will never forget one of one of the neighborhood mamas uh, in my neighborhood when I grew grew up, who was also a high school English teacher and a professor, an English professor at Fort Valley State, stood up, and she let him have it in a beautiful, graceful way. If you know Dr. Virgie Harris, if y'all have ever encountered Dr. Virgie Harris at Fort Valley State University or Northside High School. Y'all know she was the truth, um, but in an eloquent, graceful way, she told him about himself, and she told him that there are some things that money can't purchase, and and being faculty in HBCU was one of them, that the benefit of working with her students and her community to ensure the well-being of her students and community uh, could not be matched by any contract offer, right? I mean, she had me about to cry. She had a lot of students in there that day about to cry. But I will never forget how he he did not even really acknowledge what she was saying so much as just to sit back smugly as if to say, but I'm paid, right? And I will never forget that when I think about Cornell West, I will never forget that later I found out how much he got paid. And Fort Valley State at the time was a small HBCU. It's still a small HBCU, less than three thousand students. Um, but Brother Man didn't give us. If he did give us the HBCU discount, he still made what some administrative assistants make in a year. He made it in a night. I always wonder... like I, y'all know, I want to. I want to be wealthy. I want to start making money. In fact, I'm, I'm I'm about to start taking life coaching clients again. You know, I took a break um, and I want to increase some of some of my rates. But I ain't never trying to be unaffordable for my people. Otherwise, I'm not doing what it is I say I believe in, in, in doing. And I am always conscious and I always remember that story when it comes to Brother Cornell. Let me tell you what else makes me nervous about what's been going on with him lately. Uh, you know, they have that Masterclass um, series. I don't even know the company, but it's Masterclass where they have cooks come in and they, you know, have a little online digital class for you. Gardeners come in and have an online digital class for you. They had one on um, race and education. Understanding Race in America was the name of it. I wrote it there. Understanding Race in America. And I remember the commercial that came out. This was about a year or so ago. And if you Google Understanding Race in America Masterclass, you're going to see the video that I'm talking about. And I remember Cornel West was talking about loving people out of racism. That's a purposeful pause because I don't have no words for that foolishness. You cannot love people out of racism. You can't sex people out of racism, as Sally Hemings. All right. You cannot do that. King thought we could love people out of racism, and you see what they did to him. All right, sooner or later we're supposed to learn from history. We we're not supposed to repeat it. I don't think we can love people out of racism. I just don't. Now I might be wrong, but I I have a problem that you having a whole master class on racism, and your emphasis is on the power of black love to change people, because now you're putting the responsibility on the victims of the system. Like, what kind of foolishness is that? That doesn't make any sense to me. And that's who he is. I remember uh, when he came to Fort Valley, he was talking about Afro-pessimism. Now he's talking about the power of Black love. Either way, he's putting the onus on Black folk to undo a system that we didn't create. Foolishness. Foolishness. Now, let's get back to his specific policies, right? So in his video for announcing his run, he's talking about because of the bleak state of America right now, he feels it's important to be about truth. He talks about being truthful about hungry Americans, being truthful about economically insecure Americans. He's talking about being truthful about the war in Ukraine and being truthful about these things. And I kept wondering to myself, why the hell you got to be president to do that? I am truthful on this podcast and I ain't running for nobody's office. See, I think that's what bothers me the most is that I have not seen Brother Cornell trying to change things. Let's go back to Stacey Abrams, right? When Stacey did not win the first gubernatorial race here in Georgia. She didn't sit down until the next one. She absolutely did not sit. She hadn't sat down yet. All right. What did she start doing? She started talking about civic educating, um, voter registration drives. She really is in the communities doing the work consistently because it was not about a title for her. It was about the work. And I am worried that Cornel West entering this presidential cycle is not about the work. It's about distracting particular kinds of black voters away from the realities that we're facing right now. (coughs) Excuse me. In that uh, video And in some subsequent comments I've seen by some black male voters lately, um, there is a comparison of the Republican and Democratic Party. Now, I will tell anybody, I will tell Joe Biden, I will tell God himself or herself, I have a problem with the Democratic Party. I think they are asinine. I think they are dangerous. I think they double talk. I think they are hypocrites, but they are not fascists. I think it's disingenuous to say that they're, they're that they are two sides of the same coin right now. I used to think that. But right now, given all that's going on, Roe v. Wade and banning books, I don't think time, we got time to play. I just don't think we have time to play. And Cornell West's presidency run for presidency is dangerous because it distracts certain black folk from critical conversations about what it is we need. See, many of us will we'll, we'll go out and tout Zornel Hurston told us all my skin folk ain't my kin folk. And then you'll be distracted by this black man they put in front of you. Now, pay attention to what's happening, because it, even if you do believe they're two sides of the same coin, I want you to look right now, because the Republicans uh, 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 got Rick Scott. Well, uh, Tim Scott, I'm sorry, Tim Scott, and now we got Cornell. So they, they splitting black votes all over the place or at least attempting to do so. We have to stay on code, people. Pay attention. Pay attention. Nowhere in that video or, or at least I missed it. Do I hear Cornell talking about banning books? Nowhere in that video do I hear a plan. You're using these uh. esoteric um, ambiguous, ideological phrases. He. What did I tell you? He's a word smith. He's playing with us, but pragmatic, practical. Do this, do that. It ain't in there, y'all. He's tugging on your heartstrings because he's good at it. He's a motivational speaker, less who gets paid a hell of a lot of money to do that. All right, and let me tell you another story. My father is a is a. Uh, Southern minister. He's retired now uh, after 30-something years as a pastor because uh, he's 80. Um, but he's well known in our hometown, in Warner Robbins. I got many hometowns. I lived in seven states before I was seven. So, But in Warner Robbins, Georgia, my father is relatively well known. Well enough that I couldn't do nothing in school without somebody saying, I know your daddy because I have that unique last name. right? He was relatively well known. He was a really good, he is still a really good speaker. Um, he appealed to a lot of people. He was a member of blacks in government. Those of you who grew up near military bases and know what big is. Um, he was a chief of personnel on Roberts Air Force Base. So he was the highest ranking black civilian on base. Um, so he had this pedigree that was attractive to certain people. And I remember, I must've been in uh, high school and he was approached by some Republicans and they wanted him to run for office as a Republican. And there was money involved in the conversation. Uh, money was addressed in the conversation. I said that to say this, my, my father didn't do it. He didn't, he's, he's not a Republican. He did not take the money. He never ran for public office. Um, He sat on the county commission, but I don't even think he ran for that. I think that was a thing, but whatever. Um, I say that to say that that's real. I'm not talking about conspiracy theory. I'm telling you what I know, that there are people who identify. This is also why they don't want us to know nothing about critical race theory, which is never taught in K-12 schools. Don't y'all be repeating that foolishness. Uh, But critical race theory talks about a concept called sponsored mobility. All right. Sponsored mobility is the idea that there are white folk for the good and for the bad that identify a person of color, black folk in particular, and sponsor their upward mobility. And what they mean by sponsor is that put them in the right positions to get certain advantages because they then become evidence that there is not a racial system in place. Right. I'm not just moving you because I think Tiffany's a great person and really smart. I'm moving you because it either placates my guilt or then I can point to you and say, no, I'm her mentor. How could I be racist? Or I gave her this position. So what I I fired every other black person in the office, I didn't fire her. So there is proof that I'm not racist. You know, things like that. That's what sponsored mobility is. Right. And whether or not we like it, there are still, some of us don't want to admit that to ourselves because we might be the person that was sponsored. See, some of y'all, you look around and you're the only black person at the table and you think it's because you're special. The hell you say. It's because you might be offering something to them other black folk did. not I'm going to get off that. I just want to move ahead. So I'm just saying, when when we're paying attention to Brother Cornell's announcement, don't get caught up in the hoo-ha of yay a black man. It ain't no yay a black man right now. It's a what, why, what and why, okay? What and why? I'm not going to try to do it all tonight. The next podcast, I'm going to pull out some Carter G. Woodson on y'all because Carter G. Woodson told us about who we need to have as leaders. So I'm going to give you that framework next week. And we're going to unpack some of it. Now, let me let me move to the next part of the the podcast that I I, want to get to. Okay. So today at work. um, I'm not even going to get into the into the depth of what happened. I'm just going to say this. There are times in your professional careers and your professional environments where you will hit a wall. And that wall is, that's not ethical to me. And it is in those situations uh, that we find a degree of stress that if we don't meet it head on with active resistance and reflection, it eats us up. It eats us up because you can leave those situations feeling like something's wrong with you. People can say things and and they just rub you entirely the wrong way. But if that happens day in and day out and you never stop to reflect on what's being said and why it bothers you. You start thinking that, hell, if everybody else thinks this is normal, maybe I'm the strange one. Maybe I'm wrong. If everybody thinks uh, Cornell running is a good idea, maybe I'm wrong and maybe something's wrong with me. But you got to stop and you got to actively resist and reflect on on what happens in those moments where you feel like you're the only same person in the meeting. So it happened to me today and I want to tell you what I did. I left work. I left work. And I understand that that's a privilege and not all people have that privilege, but some of us can, can choose when we take lunch. And if you are that person that can choose when you take lunch, I also have a fix for call centers because I used to work in a call center. So I'm going to give you that in just a second. But if you can take your lunch break, take your lunch break. Because sometimes you just need, you need to, uh, vibrationally, uh, emotionally, spiritually, you need to leave that mess behind and get out of there. If you got to go sit in your car. You know, sometimes you walk across the parking lot and one of your coworkers in the car and they just sitting there zoned out. They probably try not to beat your ass. <laughs> Maybe not yours particularly, but but it's OK to have to leave and to sit and reflect right on what just happened. Why did it happen? Am I normal in this? So on and so forth. You got to give yourself those opportunities. And as far as self-care goes, what I did today, if you didn't see my story, my Instagram stories, Uh, I'm trying to care more about how I look. So I went to Ulta to play in makeup. And then I went to uh, get me a good sandwich for lunch. And then I went back to the office. And I felt reduced. Like I took, I didn't take it with me. See, that's the other thing. When you you walk out of the building, or you walk to your car, or you walk to the bathroom for a second, don't take the shit with you. If you take it with you, you might as well sit at your desk and, and eat it, right? Don't take it with you. Sometimes you have to remove yourself from the situation, literally, right? Physically move, but you also have to figuratively remove yourself from the from the situation. I When I left the building, I left all that crap in there. All right. I went and had my lunch. I came back. I came back blinders on. Let me get this work done. Right. I'm not going to let y'all steal my joy. I can't. You know, i also not taken by health. Because these things have impact on our stress and our awareness and all that kind of good stuff. So I just wanted to say that to you, that, that there are times when you have to remove yourself from the situation because your ethics don't match the environment you're in. And it requires, again, active reflection and active resistance. And here's why it's dangerous if you don't. It is far too easy to become your environment. It is far too easy to become your environment. So if you're in a place where you think unethical things are happening and you, ha- you put up with it day in and day out, day in and day out, and there's no active resistance to it, you will become that thing. Because it's tacit agreement. If you're not willing to say, no, I don't think we should do that. That's tacit agreement. You're agreeing. And if you do it enough, it will become far too easy for you just to go with the flow. And your higher self is watching that. And it's going to treat you accordingly. What message did I give my higher self by walking out today? i'm not that's not me i'm not putting up with that i require better and i won't i won't lower my standards i won't we have to be willing to do that's part of self-care part of self-care is not allowing people to pull you to their levels if they're beneath you now let them pull you up But if, if it's something that you believe is unethical, baby, don't do it. Here, don't do it. I'm just all over the place because Cornell just got me in a whole tizzy. Don't y'all do that. And I'm not trying to get into, again, This is that'll be up for another podcast. I just had to cover this tonight um, because it just happened. I didn't even talk about all of the things going on in the news I want to talk about. Illinois banned book bannings. I think that's a great great, great thing that more of us need to be pushing. I also want to talk about this Patreon thing I got going, but again, I, I just, I spent too much time on the Cornell thing and I'm still thinking through that. Hopefully next week's episode will be a little bit more clear and concise in terms of what I think the problem is, but I'll just try to sum it up with this. I think it's a problem if we don't hear from people between election cycles. I think it's a problem when someone openly criticizes the black man in office, but does not openly criticize his white predecessor. I think it's dangerous for us to have conversations about Cornel West's presidency and not talk about the growing threats of fascism in this country. I think it's dangerous for us to believe that all our skin folks got our political needs at the forefront. Because I didn't see anything about Roe Wade in that video either. Alright? It feels good to talk about truth as an ideal. But we don't even all know what truth means. So it's not pragmatic. It's not practical. Don't be distracted. Alright? Y'all have a beautiful, beautiful rest of the day. Tell them to tell you.